0: So uh, we're in wide open spaces right now, we're in the book of 2 Corinthians, and uh, Paul is writing a uh, a great letter to try to expand the horizon of the Corinthian church. Um, There's not tons of instruction or correction involved in 2 Corinthians, it's more of a letter that Paul has written, 1 Corinthians had a lot of instruction and a lot of correction involved in it because it was a church that needed a lot. But this letter is more uh, heartfelt, more uh, lifting, more shifting of thinking. And, and I think what Paul is trying to do here in 2 Corinthians is to expand the way that the Corinthian church sees life and expand the way that they see God, expand the way they see themselves, expand how they see living expand even how they see giving. And even at one point in Second Corinthians, he's making this observation that God hasn't called us to live small lives, but we're just living lives in a small way. And he is trying to help us kind of get a, a shift in thinking and a shift in perspective. And, and he's calling them uh, to live beyond their previous experience. You know, experience can sometimes be your friend uh, because it teaches you not to touch the hot stove again. But experience can also be an enemy uh, because it could hem you in to the past and you're so afraid to launch into a future that, uh, that you're not able to do it. And so Paul is trying to expand the way they think, expand the way they perceive, expand their perspective. And today, I want to take a few moments, look at a passage in 2 Corinthians 4, and I want to talk about living beyond, living beyond. So 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verse 16, Paul says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, Though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but we look at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal." But the things which are not seen are eternal. All the smart people will be taking notes today. And I want to encourage you to do it. Uh, And and let let me give you four ideas about living beyond. Number one idea is this. You got to live from the inside out. In other words, you got to live beyond Outward circumstances, the things that are happening around you, the, the the struggles of life or the or the victories of life, the the things that are happening in life that could possibly have an impact on your soul. Learning to live from the inside out rather than from the outside in is a powerful way to learn to live beyond. So he says in verse sixteen. Therefore, we don't lose heart, though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man, everybody say inner man, your inner man, what's going on really inside of you is being renewed day by day. He even mentions this in the book of Ephesians, verse 16 of Ephesians 3, be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, live from your inner man, not responding and reacting to what's going on outside of you. Live from the inside out rather than from the outside in. Because all of us have outward circumstances that would attempt to steal our joy, that would attempt to steal our peace, that would attempt to steal our sense of well-being. And You know, we we keep thinking that if this circumstance would change, then I would be happy. You know, if, uh, if if they would stop messing with me at work, I could be happy. Or if my financial situation would change, then I would feel like I was flourishing. Or if this situation, this conflict would stop, I could start to be at peace. And I just want to encourage you to know that, that no matter what you think needs to change outside of you, if it doesn't change within you, you're, if you can't learn to be happy now, you're not going to be happy then. If you can't learn to live at peace right now, it's not the change of outward circumstance that is going to bring you in to peace. you got to learn To live from the inside out. What's going on inside of you is way more important than what's going on outside of you. And circumstances do not need to dictate your joy. You choose joy. Your joy comes from within, not from everything aligning you 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 choose peace you choose a sense of flourishing in life you know if i would if only this deal would work out then i would feel like i was flourishing but i promise you if it's you're not feeling the sense of flourishing from within a deal is not going to help you this sense of well-being that that we could carry inside of our soul you got to learn to live From the inside out. you got to learn to look beyond your circumstances and live from the inside out. And often we just need reminders. That's why it's good to come to church sometimes. Just to be be told one more time, quit assessing your life by your circumstances. Quit quit looking at your circumstances to decide if you're going to be happy. To decide if you're going to pursue God. To decide if you're going to live in peace to decide if you're going to live in love, because that stuff happens from the inside out. Instead of reacting to circumstances, respond from the inside. And and I I love this idea that Paul gives us, because he he says, therefore we don't lose heart. You have to win the battle of losing heart. Now, we all know that your life is not happening to you. Your life is happening through you. That your life flows out of your heart. And Proverbs 4 tells us, watch over your heart with all diligence because from your heart flow the springs or the issues or the borders of your life. And I think what can happen for us is your heart can get pounded. You know, the dailies of life can make you lose your expectation. The, uh, the disappointments in life can cause your heart to just back up a little bit. You know, you start to lose heart. And it becomes easy in the, in, in the journey of life to lose heart. But everything is coming out of your heart. So if you've lost heart in your relationship with God, in other words if there's something that's happened that's just you've felt like I don't I don't really feel like pursuing God I don't really I'm not into this you got to stir something in your heart that says I'm going to I'm going to go after God I'm not looking outside I'm not saying God if you do this but there's something inside because eventually what's in your heart is going to happen in your world and I know a lot of people, they lose heart with, with their marriage, and they're not put their, they don't put their whole heart into it anymore. you got to win the battle of losing heart. They lose heart. They tried to start a business, and it didn't work out for them the way they expected it to work out. And then they just they back up with this wounded heart, with this disappointed heart, with this kind of, kind of just scared heart. And all of a sudden, they lose the battle of their heart. And I'm just here today to encourage you, don't lose heart. Because watch over your heart with all diligence. You know what? I can't watch over your heart. Your spouse can't watch over your heart. Your friends can't watch over your heart. You're the only person that can keep the flame alive in your heart. And I'm just saying to you, if you feel like you've lost heart when it comes to your marriage, you're the one that's got to stoke those flames again. I know some of you are afraid to say amen right there but if you if you've lost heart, if you lost the fact that you really care and you've got a passion. And passion is not just excitement. Passion is, I give a flip. I care, right? Passion is, I care about my walk with God. And if we, if we keep waiting for outward circumstances to somehow align, to make to to help us with our marriage or to help us with our walk with God or help us with our journey in life, whatever, whatever, where we're headed. I'm just saying to you, you got to look beyond those circumstances and look into your heart. You don't need your circumstances to change. You need something to change in your heart. Because here's the truth. When you change, things change. And we, often we get it flipped around. I like this idea. My inner man is renewing day by day. I think it's good to keep fresh on the inside. I said, I think it's good to keep fresh on the inside. My body might be getting older. But my inner man can stay fresh. My inner man can stay alive. Cause I just want you to know old is an attitude. Has nothing to do with the number. I know some 26-year-olds that are old. <laughs> it's not fresh. They don't have freshness to their life. Stuck is an attitude. Stale is an attitude. And to keep this idea that I'm just going to keep my inner man renewing. I'm going to feed my inner man the things that keep it fresh, that keep it alive, that keep full of faith, full of confidence in God. Uh, I'm, I'm looking around for some of you. I'm going to get an amen out of you before this service is over. Come on. It, it's, all, it's a heart condition. And when you and I say, I, you know what, I'm going to look beyond all the circumstances, because I know that I know that I know that when my heart changes, things change. When my heart is right, when my heart is fresh, I know my future is going to be fresh. My, heart is, my future is going to change. The second idea about living beyond is to learn to live beyond the troubles of the day. Learn to live beyond the troubles of the day. So the Apostle Paul, who has gone through way more trouble than you've even thought about. The Apostle Paul is not frustrated because his car won't start or because he's got a little bit of a work conflict thing going on. The Apostle Paul, his, he's, been, he's been shipwrecked. He's been whipped. He's been stoned, not recreationally. (laughs) Asheville. (laughs) He's, He's been betrayed. He's been left for dead. I mean, this guy has been through it all. So, Whatever's going on, and I don't—I don't want to belittle anybody's difficulty, but I just want to say, whatever you got going on, if you were to sit across the table from the Apostle Paul, you lose in the in the struggle. But here's the way he describes it: momentary light affliction. <laughs> that's a man he's just manning up he's not whining he's not a baby he's just owning up it's just momentary light affliction it's producing something now, that's a mindset that you realize that my struggles my trials my difficulties rightly seen are I understand they're actually used by God to produce something in my life. They're not there to destroy me. They're there to develop me. None of them. Yeah, come on. The affliction of today is going to produce something tomorrow, and I'm not going to worry or get all hung up on the troubles of the day because I just want you to know what happens happens to all of us you know and somehow we 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 think oh you don't know nobody knows the trouble I've seen a lot of people know the trouble you've seen and a lot of people have overcome the trouble you've seen and I've seen. And what happens happens to all of us. All of us, you know, sometimes you look at people who are succeeding in life, and there's something about them, and you go, Well, they just don't have the same problems I have. I'll tell you, they probably have more problems than you have. I remember early on in the life of our church, some lady was making this comment, we're having this conversation, and this lady was talking about, Pastor Kirk has just always got this positive outlook and this faith-filled outlook, and he seems like he's full of joy. And, and she goes, yeah, 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 but that's because he doesn't have any of the troubles we have. And I, I was like, I didn't, even, I didn't even grace that with a response. Because here's a person who's living a tiny little life and has their biggest struggle is... Have they run out half and half for the coffee in the morning? Which is a big struggle, by the way, for me. But I'm saying to you, everybody, everybody is going through struggles. And you might think, well, if only I was doing everything right, I'd be free from struggles. Nope. Struggles are part of everybody's journey trials, I, I just want to normalize this because I want you to look beyond it. Don, I, want you to, I don't want you to think it's strange. I, I don't want you to think you're strange. Well, you might be a little bit, but don't think you are. 1 Peter four twelve says this, Beloved, don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you which comes upon you for your testing as though some strange thing were happening to you. Now, you follow me because this is crucial. Once you settle that difficulties are not unusual, you're a long way towards winning the battle. Once you, once you, once you get to the point and go, these trials are no surprise, this is just a test. And here's what I know God is going to give me an answer for the test, God is going to see me through the test. God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, just like I have stories of God's faithfulness to tell from the past, I'm going to have a story of God's faithfulness to tell on this one. I think the problem that happens when you start, when you see your problem as unusual or your situation as special is you start to isolate yourself. And you start to think, my situation is so special No one understands what I'm going through. And you're actually hurting yourself by making yourself a special case. Because if you could see that your problem is common, that your problem is not unusual, that it's not strange, then you could understand if God helps somebody else get through this problem, he helped me get through this problem. (laughs) I remember when we were building this building, and I had never led a church through a building campaign. Everyone should have that experience because you, I, I, the people who loved you and thought you were the best thing ever since sliced bread and loved the church and wanted to get so involved, all of a sudden, that when you start saying, hey, we got to move forward, all of a sudden, the, the, the hyper-spiritual comes out. I can't believe we're spending that kind of money on a building. What about missions? Like this isn't a mission. And and I'm just there. Are, there were moments where I felt so much stress and so much, and then I finally had to go. You know what? There's thousands of pastors that have led their churches. To build a building. If they can do it, I can do it. If God could supply for them, he could supply for me. See, I'm only hurting myself if I go, oh, my situation is so special. You don't understand Asheville. You don't understand the economy. You don't understand the mindset. No, a lot of people in a lot of situations, in a lot of economic situations, have done what we've done and far more. I just want you to get this. Don't be surprised when problems show up. Look beyond. They're, ju- they're just a part of life. See, so here's the thing you don't want to do. You don't want to let your life get defined by your problems. Your problems are momentary light affliction. They are not you. You are bigger than that. God's purpose for your life is bigger than that. And God is, every problem comes simply so God can show you a solution. There's things you learn as you walk through a problem, as you walk through a trouble, as you walk through a trial or an affliction. They're just things that happen on the way to fulfilling destiny. But just consider it momentary, don't make it big. If the Apostle Paul could call his problems momentary light affliction, I think I can too. It's actually producing something. James 1 says this, count it all joy, get happy when you encounter various trials. How many of you know that reads easy, lives hard? But he says, count it all joy, get happy about it, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Let endurance have its perfect result so that you could be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. I don't like this idea, but I think it's true. Your trials are your friends because they, they serve purpose in your life. One thing a trial will do is reveal you to yourself. You're going to find out how much patience you really got, how much love you really have, how generous you really are, how easily irritated you can be. <laughs> Amen. Because there's something about a trial that just makes you see, oh, no. And then a trial and affliction can literally reveal to you the faithfulness of God. The beauty of hanging in there is you go through it and you learn the endurance. And now I've got all this collection of God did this, God did that, God did this, God did that, and now you'd be so hard-pressed to convince me that God isn't faithful because I've lived the faithfulness of God and the goodness of God and the greatness of God, and then a trial can help you learn stuff that you will not learn from reading the book or from listening to a message, A trial can help develop character in your life. I think we gotta understand. We gotta look beyond the everyday troubles of life and realize you know what this is? It's this is just a proving ground. It proves me, it proves God, proves His Word. And how many of you know that trials, afflictions, struggles will prove relationships? Come on, you wanna find out who your real friends are? Don't count, don't count your friends on your best day. Count your friends on your worst day. Because there's people who love being on in the limousine, but there's not a lot of people that want to ride on the bus. Number three. Everybody good? Come on. You got to live beyond the scene. So, the Bible introduces a value system to us that helps us realize this. The unseen to this eye, those things are eternal. And the seen to this eye is temporary. So, the things that you can see, the things that you can put your hands on, the things that you can hear, what your five senses are, can access, those things are, the Bible says, temporary. But the things that the eye of your heart sees, that sees beyond just the seen, just the obvious, the unseen is eternal. So we look at the unseen which is a realm beyond the scene. It's a recognition that there is a spiritual realm that is far bigger, far greater than this physical realm. And that literally, listen to this, that unseen realm actually governs this seen realm. So, the writer of Hebrews is giving us an understanding about the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, and the priest, and then talking about Jesus as the high priest of of the temple of God or the tabernacle of God that's in the heavens. And Hebrews 8, 5 says this, the Old Testament priest served a copy and a shadow of heavenly things. So the Bible flips this idea because we look at something that we can get our hands on, we think, This is substance, but the Bible says this is a shadow of where the real substance is. The the scene is simply a copy and a shadow of the heavenly substance. Now, this, this will revolutionize your prayer life, when you realize that prayer is not just something that you are kind of logging in to have a devotion and earn some points, but that you literally need to move things in a spiritual realm because when you move the substance, you move the shadow. The, we live beyond the scene we realize that the unseen is the substance, the seen is the copy. Everybody follow me on this one? I know, I I feel I feel your brains burning. The seen is a shadow. And so, when we spend hours and hours on trying to fix the seen, and only minutes on the unseen, and then we wonder, why won't things change? Why won't things work? Because what you're doing is clearing cobwebs, but you're not killing spiders. What you're you're doing is just shining a flashlight on the shadow rather than moving the substance that caused the shadow. Because we got to live beyond the seen. And then the last idea is this. You've got to live beyond the temporary. The things which are seen, this passage tells us, are temporal, which actually could be fleshly or natural, but also could be temporary. And the things which are not seen are eternal. Are you living for temporary are you living for eternal? Now, First, let me just say, you want to make sure that you're living for eternity. Right? There's no hot girl that's worth losing heaven over, there's no cute boy. that is worth losing heaven over amen eternity is going to be a long time so we're making decisions looking beyond the temporary looking to the eternal but i just i just want to bring us even to this you got a long life And you gotta look learn to look beyond the immediate. Don't make a dumb decision in winter that you'll regret in summer. Don't make a decision that just fits this season without any thought of the next season. Because all of us, the story's being written. And this is one chapter of a very long book. You're just in one season, one chapter, and looking beyond the temporary, looking beyond this chapter, looking beyond this season. It's an eternal book for sure, but at least could we just stop and go, this is a, I've got a lifetime. Some chapters are good, some chapters are hard, but not every chapter is the same, and I don't want to make a decision in a hard chapter that's going to ruin the next chapters. Come on, your story is unfolding in chapters. Your story is unfolding in seasons. And when you, when you start to understand that, you start to go, i got to look beyond the temporary. i got to look beyond just what's happening right now, just what my, what my heart is wanting right this second. Because I really believe... That God's anointing is on His timing, and there's some things that it's just not God's time for that right now. Then you know some people have a they have a vision for ministry. They want to try to press the issue, but you can't pull on the leaves and make the tree grow. Come on, some some people want to be married, and they're in such a hurry to get married that they've. They're not looking toward the big, long story. Maybe it's just not time yet. Maybe it's not that chapter yet. Am I preaching to anybody? Come on. I think it's important, too, to realize that everybody around you, their life is in a journey, is in a story. And, and maybe they're at this chapter right now. It's like, I'm not expecting You, who are brand new believer, to be in the same place that the twenty year believer is in, but I'm looking at the twenty year believer and I'm thinking, dude, hello. They make the second grade chairs small for a reason. (laughs) Ha ha. Everybody isn't there. Give people time, give them space, let them let them grow, let them develop. Don't expect too much. But I just want to say to you and to me, let's not be let not let's not get stuck in a season. Come on, I'm not gonna let that the sea, yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm gonna keep walking through. I'm not just gonna say, oh, this is my whole story. No, 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 it's just a season. I'm not going to hang out there forever. I'm not going to let it define my life. I'm walking through. I'm learning my lessons. I'm hearing from God. I'm going to let the story. I'm on my way to destiny. I'm not. I think it's interesting. Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness. Israel spent 40 years. I want to learn my lessons and get on. How you handle this season sets up the next season. What you eat today, you wear tomorrow. Ouch. Ouch, be gay. It's true. If you understand that no matter what you're going through, you look beyond and you say, you know what, I don't know that this prayer thing is really helping me, but I believe if I keep sowing it, tomorrow is going to show the fruit of it. I don't know if reading my Bible every day is making a difference, but I'm going to keep sowing it. I believe down the road, there's going to be some muscles that will show up. Come on. What the obedience of this season will set up the next season. That's why I'm asking you to join me, church, 21 days. Let's just pray. Let's just sow it into advancing God's kingdom on the earth. Come on, there are bigger things going on than just our own schedule. Let's go, God. I'm going to sow this in because I believe you can live beyond. You know, I think sometimes we got to understand Christianity is not just about being called to live well-behaved. It, it's learning to live beyond. You live beyond outward circumstances and live from the inside out. You, you live beyond the troubles of the day. You live beyond the scene. You live beyond the temporary. Amen. I want to pray with you today. Would you take a moment and bow your heads please and close your eyes. Father, I believe every person in this room is here by divine appointment. That today you are speaking to our soul God to live beyond. And I'm praying. God, I know the pain is real of the affliction. The the struggle is real. But God, I'm praying for every person, God, that what has come today will not just be a a mental ascent, but there'll be a fresh breath of heaven that will come to our souls, God, to look beyond. While our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, can we just pray together? If you've never really submitted your life to Jesus, this would be a great moment to do that. Or if you're here today and maybe you used to be close to the Lord, but today you know you're not where you used to be, where you want to be, where you could or should be, I would love to pray with you. This is your day to come home. Maybe you just feel unsure about where you stand, but I don't want anybody in this room to leave without a sense God is alive and helping me. God is is in my world in a real way. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you say, Pastor, would you pray with me today? I want you to lift your hand real high. Say, I want to give my life to Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. If you say, God bless you. You say, I want to come back to him. God bless you. Anybody else? I just want to make sure. I just want to be sure. I don't want to to waffle. I want to feel confident. My life is in the hands of God. God bless you. Come on, anybody else? Just be brave, be bold. This is not a call to say get your act together. This is a call to say I surrender to the God who loves me. Anybody else? Just say, yeah, that's me. Thank you so much. Come on, we're going to pray a prayer together. Everybody say this with me. This is especially for those who lifted their hands, but Let's just pray this together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love, to your Lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned. i come to the cross where you've paid the price for forgiveness. Today is a fresh start, a new beginning as I give my life to you. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord.